You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Ralph Macchio, and you are listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of the Epic Marvel Crossover Special Podcast. Podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast. Or whichever jumble of those words works. Uh, somewhere in there. <laughs> we should just start calling it like the EMC Podcast yeah, Specials. That's not a bad idea. You know. Yeah, the or Epic Crossover Specials. The Epic Crossover Specials. It could be sort of like the Midnight Special was to music in the it's 70s. The Midnight Special. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, we're going to get hit with like a, you know, a license no. issue if we do too much of that. I think we can use fair use for 10 seconds. <laughs> so I think we got 3.7 seconds All to right. go. So hit it, Will. All right. It's uh, Midnight. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're no, done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, as, we might as well start off with some introductions i'm will hoffnick as always and i'm jim mason because i can pick up on cues really well hey that works yeah (laughs) so uh so here we are you know it's uh just to let our listeners know i think i just want to throw you know look uh I'm not going to throw anything Mm -hmm. because that implies violence. We're in the holiday season now. We record these in advance. Right. And because we both have crazy schedules, but I'm going to, and that's the peek behind the curtain that I'm going to give you. So we haven't seen each other in, I think, two months now at this point. So (laughs) it's been a little bit. And this episode should be coming out right around New Year somewhere. So you first week of 2020. So happy 20s to everybody. Let's roar. Yep. And let's keep going. And, and, Thanks for hanging out with us about, you know, around once a month when these uh, episodes drop on Curtis's feed with the Epic Marvel podcast. So thanks to him as always. Absolutely. Uh, It's just been an absolute blast to be a part of this uh, podcast feed and to add what I think is some real value to it by looking at these wacky crossovers. Yep. And we are... (laughs) Going to look at a really wacky one today. <laughs> yep, and and so that's pretty much what we do. If you've if you've not heard these epic crossover specials before, um, what we do is we look at one of the intercompany crossovers with Marvel, like example Marvel and DC or Marvel and Image, and uh, we kind of break down one of those crossovers each episode, and you know talk about what's good, what's bad, laugh at it, have fun with it, and and just kind of uh kind of uh let you guys in on it if you haven't haven't actually sat and read them that's right so and just so you know we tried to take a mostly positive spin on this and look at what's great about these not everything is yep. going to be like our batman punisher lake of fire yeah. episode Ooh, if you haven't heard that one you may want to go back and, oh my uh, god i'm uh, telling you it was uh it was a chore to get through that one but i'll tell you what even even the ones that are 
how should I say, not up to today's publishing standards. <laughs> Is that a good way to yeah, put it? I think that's a, that's a diplomatic way to put it. <laughs> you see, I can be diplomatic <laughs> sometimes. I mean, yes, it should have been called Batman Punisher dumpster fire. That's how, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. We didn't come up with that. I know. While we were I know recording. it just, it just hit me right now. Maybe we can edit the episode and then uh, air it as a uh, flashback or yeah, something. Maybe. <laughs> but, um, what I was going to say was, is that, you know, we, we like to look at these, these things with a mostly positive view. Um, and, uh, the, the book that we're going to talk about today, uh, is definitely dated. I think it's fair to say. Yep. And, um, I'm just going to pitch it over to you, Will, to introduce the book. And, uh, we hope you guys like what we have to chat about. Yeah. So today's, uh, episode is actually on not just one book. It's on a, a mini series. Um, this is, uh, Marvel zombies versus army of darkness yes so this came out in uh in mid-year 2007 um it has cover art by um the arthur satum if, if you don't know arthur satum he did a number of the marvel zombies covers so uh it, they're kind of homage you know to older marvel covers right um it but, has that kind of pulp horror feel to yep, it, you yep. know, very much. So if you've seen any Marvel zombies, you've, you've right. seen this look, right. The, these covers that he does. So, and, and if you're trying to, if you're trying, if you're not familiar with Arthur Satan's work, um, he, his name is spelled uh, a little differently. Mm-hmm. It's a little off the beaten track, kind of like Arthur Satan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. I said that out loud. Yeah. I? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I believe you spell his name is S U Y D A M. That's correct. Yeah. So Arthur S U Y D A M. And then you can get a sense of the, the art that you can experience on the covers, which is just fabulous. Oh no. Yeah. The art's outstanding. Yes. I mean, and there's, you know, there's a whole conversation to be had about Arthur Satan as an artist, but his art is, is beautiful. Always yeah. has been right. Yep. That conversation is going to be for another show. Yeah. Yeah. Not on for another here. feed. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, you can look up, um, Arthur Satan controversies and you can find plenty already written and spoken of about this guy. Exactly. So, um, so we'll skip past all that, but we got Arthur Satan doing tribute covers. We have, uh, the, the series was written by John Lehman, um, artist. Uh, we have pencils and inks. Fabiano Neves, Neves or Neves. I'm not sure. Neves. Um, if you're listening, what did you say his first name was? Fabiano. Fabiano. Fabiano, If you're listening, uh, make you make sure you hit us up, uh, at Epic Marvel pod and, uh, you know, let us know. We'd love to talk to you. And, uh, you know, if we blow your name, uh, blow your name up, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be happy to apologize at a later date. And then, we have uh, we have colors by June Chung. We have letters by VC Randy Gentile or Gentile. Mm-hmm. Um, con- and then we have listed as a consultant, Robert Kirkman. Yes. Um, now, this is mainly Robert Kirkman had a big hand in, in all the Marvel zombies. Right. Properties. He was doing a lot of work. This was sort of at the tail end of, of Kirkman's run at Marvel, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. Before, um, oh, this was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was yes, at the yes. tail end of of because Kirkman did was prolific at Marvel for a period of I think between three and five years, and uh, you know so. Uh, he really contributed a lot to the right. Marvel universe, especially uh, on the ultimate side mm-hmm. and, and helped shepherd a lot of projects. And then um, 
and then we have edited uh, edited by Ralph Macchio. So, um, like I said, this was mid year two thousand seven. Um, this was uh, this is kind of a weird place. So, Marvel Zombies uh, and and Army of Darkness. We got a couple different properties here. Uh, one Marvel Zombies had I think it came out. I think the original Marvel Zombies was maybe two or three years before this. It maybe sounds, early two thousand. Sounds about right. Yeah, I can't quite remember when that came out. Um, but it, it was kind of exciting. It was fun to see. Marvel heroes as zombies attacking and yeah. things. And it, it was just kind of a fun alternate reality right. sort of story. And, uh, you know, just as a disclaimer, I'm not the biggest horror guy. I'm, you know, I love my superheroes. I love supernatural, um, which is weird. I don't like horror as much as I like supernatural, but I like, you know, magic, mysticism, occult kind of comics, Lovecraftian stuff is cool. Um, but I'm not like an outright shock horror, right. Gore, whatever you would call it kind of guy. Um, but there was something to Marvel zombies where it was so tongue in cheek. Yeah. And yeah. I think my favorite character was zombie giant man, <laughs> something about a 20 foot zombie, which yeah. just lit my imagination up yep. at the time. And so with that, um, so the Marvel zombies world, it, it does have its own earth. It yep. is earth 2149 in the Marvel earth. The verse, I don't, I don't know what they call that. They, they, I think they just outright called it a multiverse. Yeah, the multiverse. Okay, the Marvel multiverse. Yes, yes. yes. Um, not now, and now with DC, we have the DC metaverse. metaverse. Right. Yeah. So. Which is their collection of multiverses. That's how big they think. <laughs> it's big. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So this takes place on Earth twenty one forty nine, which is where the Marvel zombies live. This is actually this story is one of the interesting ones in that it is also considered canon in the Marvel zombies lore. Right. It's not kind of its own offshoot. Like a lot of the crossover books are kind of exist in their own little world. They're not necessarily part of the main story. This one is definitely part of the main story of the overall Marvel zombies world. Right. Um, and what happens is, oh, you know what? We should probably talk a little bit about Army of Darkness. So, um, yeah, <laughs> not, not skip right into the story here a little bit. So, um, I mean, who I, I, is anyone listening to this not aware of Army of Darkness and Ash and and, and again, Evil I, Dediverse? I, look, I am gonna I'm gonna say it up front. Am I a horror guy? No, I'm right. not a shock horror guy. Um, I, I can't even profess to maybe seeing Army of Darkness more than once or twice. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, back in the day when it came out. I mean, that movie came out in the '90s. I yeah, think. 90, 90 or '91, right? right which there. was a rough sequel to Sam Raimi's original Evil Dead movies, especially more yep. like Evil Dead Two, which yep, was, the, was Evil Dead 2, the one yeah. played for laughs. Yeah, and uh, but um, how should we how should we put the character? The lead character of Army of Darkness was played by the inimitable. Mr. Bruce Campbell. That's correct. And Mr. Campbell had this sort of rock and roll B-movie stardom yep. at this time. Um, and he is just this bombastic, played played Ash, this character who's the survivor of Evil Dead, went into Army of Darkness as this bombastic personality that um, is there to kill the deadites and, yep. you know, solve solve the problems of the worlds that he in that he's in uh, through very violent and comedic means. Yep. Now, that being said, if, if you are brand new, and I, I think that in this Me Too era, I think it's important for me mm-hmm. to just say to our, our younger listeners or those who are more tuned in to social issues and, you know, the treatment, especially of women, mm-hmm. um, that this is a throwback 
to Definitely. to those films to to a certain time in B movies where right. there was a lantern jawed hero. I mean, honestly, Jay Leno and Bruce Campbell can have a chin off, <laughs> and the world might shake. Yep. I mean, that's how powerful this guy's chin game is. Um, the 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 character itself, though, is a bit of a misogynist, just a bit. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I just feel, throw, no, throw in and maybe I mean, he is oh, he, he is he's, he's very kind of old school kind of it's a play on like this hero that he you know is after all the women and the women all love him because he's strong and powerful but he's actually I, I think though that his kind of sexism and misogyny is played as a joke it, it right it's not, you, not and, and I think serious. that is the best way to look at it through today's lens yeah I think the in the time that it came in it was yes it was heightened reality but i also don't think it was played uh with a lot of protections i don't i don't want to i don't want to try and soft soft sell it so much just to say that you know for those of you who are concerned about social issues and all that just look at through look at through the lens of a character in a period piece yep. that's all yep. we ask i know yep any of the treatment of women in in this in this comic is not meant to trigger anybody it is just what it is yep. it's cheesecake humor basically yep so yep and that's i mean it's a it's a staple of ash as a character and, and of course we're talking this is ash williams is his name he is a ashley um, j yep, williams ashley williams that's correct he so um just to give a, a very kind of quick background about his character um story wise he is a guy who started out as a normal dude um you know hung out with his friends they go camping while camping they run into something called the necronomicon the book of the dead um which is bound in human flesh and, and written, written in blood, blood. right <laughs> and he um somehow triggers the necronomicon to kind of release evil spirits um and they basically the rest of the story is the necronomicon and its evil spirits haunting him and attacking him and him fighting back yeah and i mean through it he loses like the ne- like the the deadites kill his girlfriend and fiance yep um they take his hand at one point which he rebuilds and replaces with a chainsaw yeah um and they they just kind of haunt him and follow him wherever he goes you in, know in i lost my hand in this horrifying way and instead of getting normal i think i'm gonna stick a gas powered chainsaw (laughs) on my stump i mean it's part of what it's part of what made uh it's part of so of course ash came out of evil dead the first movie um which was kind of a it was supposed to be kind of scary it wasn't played for laughs but it was kind of funny in how bad it was it was sort of like Peter Jackson's what was what was that movie uh, 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 they, they uh, are you thinking like oh what was the one uh, the, Peter Jackson's first film like was that the rab- was gonna, a rabid grannies or something no or? maybe it was the second okay. but it was the one with the guy where the chief of the intelligence service had a prosthetic finger he had like a metal rod that came out of his his the end of his stubby and then there was like a prosthetic looking finger that came out at the uh-huh. end that he could press buttons on his telephone <laughs> and then there were zombies throughout it yeah. I, I i know my personal group of friends are going to uh really rip me a new one for not being able to remember this right right 
I hate myself. So that's all right. I'm going to research what the name of that is. You go on and, oh, and, and yeah. provide the... Because he did, yeah, he did like Bad Taste and Bad the Taste. Feebles that was and, the name yeah, of yeah, it. Okay. That was the name of it. All bad right. Taste. Um, <laughs> Saved again in the end. And so, um, yeah, it, he, he did this Evil Dead. It was supposed to be kind of a horror. It wasn't all that... Ex- I mean, it, it's kind of fun in what it is. Um, then they go back and they do Evil Dead 2, which is almost the same movie but then they add like a joke element to it right um and like a knowing comedy right right where they know that this is really cheesy and really kind of ridiculous and over the top yep um and that is where ash lost his hand Uh, it got cut off and that and that's where he replaced it with a chainsaw the chainsaw of course was inside of the old shed at the cabin where in the woods yeah the cabin in the woods right Right. um so from there um then they go into army of darkness which just a quick idea at the end of evil dead 2 ash gets warped into a a portal uh this portal drops him into the middle of a a demon infested mystical world almost like a fantasy dark fantasy realm right um with like it's like a king arthur type realm but with demons right and um and there he he shows up with his chainsaw and his gun and he kind of helps save the boomstick yep his boomstick and uh help save the people from the deadites attacking right the boomstick Um, was a double-barreled shotgun that's right he um he then kind of moves on. He, he, had, he had a lull for a while, but then he kind of came in the comic books. Um, in the comic books, at the, the series, so uh, they were published by Dynamite Comics. They picked up the license. Um, in one of the early series that they did of, of Ash and the Evil Dead, he ends up dying. Um, mm. Well, what he thinks is dying, but essentially he got warped into another portal. And that's essentially where our story starts. Right. Because our story starts on our Marvel Earth 2149 with literally Ash falling out of that portal. (laughs) Falling out of the sky. Exactly. And into a dumpster. That's right. So he, he drops... Um, drops into our world, and that's essentially how this crossover came to be, um, at least from the story perspective. As to how it came to be in real-world perspective, I honestly don't know. I couldn't find a whole lot of information on where, like, whose idea this was, where the idea came from to do, like, a, a, an Army of Darkness crossover. Uh, my best guess is just because Marvel Zombies was popular, I mean, we have a zombie fighting hero. Exactly. And they just said, here, let's throw them together. And I think there was, there was you know, a, a kind of um, a, a want on the part of fandom to see crossovers. I mean, look, Marvel and DC were, were fighting like cats and dogs at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, after the, the then published JLA Avengers, which was 90, I the, can't remember exactly what year. It was in the late 90s. Um, oh, the JLA Avengers? That was 2003. Jesus, really? Yeah. yeah. Boy. Don't put me on a dating game. <laughs> um, anyway. So that was still four years before this. It was still, so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the, that was like the last big hurrah between Marvel and DC was the JLA Avengers mm-hmm. book. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that other smaller publishers I know had come to Marvel and were doing things. Things like in our previous episode, um, Gen 13 and mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Right. You know, so this was kind of following suit, you know, as a way 
to build out Marvel's brand at a time when they were still coming out of bankruptcy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they were about eight or nine years out of bankruptcy at this point, but they were still trying to go for market share. I mean, DC at this point, uh, you know, they were putting out uh, Infinite Crisis and Final Crisis. So they they were getting a lot of big selling books at this point. Superman, Batman were doing extremely well. Um, Wasn't Trinity around this time? Trinity was around this time. You know, they, they had a lot of success. I mean, that pure... DC, I want to call it sort of like a DC new renaissance was taking place at this point, and they were really digging into Marvel's normally dominant market share. So this is a way of extending Mar- Marvel's overall brand strategy, mm-hmm. which then we later saw in books like you know uh, uh, X Men and Star Trek. You yep. know when the, yep. when they crossed over with IDW or. Um, you know, some of the other books that came out, I, I'm, of course, I don't have my list in front of me at the moment because I'm watching the recording to make sure (laughs) nothing happens. Computer. Yeah. (laughs) Computer is nodding right now. So we're okay. Um, the, the overall point that I'm trying to make is this is a time when Marvel is building its brand out and we're getting book, you know, readers back into the fold. And I think they were doing it with, with a title like this. Yep. No, they were, they were being pretty experimental in the, especially kind of the late two thousands, um, going back to kind of not being so precious. Yes. Right. Um, yes. I mean, they did like, after you, you talked about JLA Avengers, they did like Witchblade, Wolverine. They did darkness hole. There you go. They did. Um, I knew somebody had the list, right? They had, um, <laughs> <laughs> they did Spider-Man invincible. Oh yeah. Um, they did a darkness Wolverine also darkness would, there was a number of crossovers oh. with, uh, with <sighs> that, uh, with, um, the, that, that universe, the darkness, uh, universe, the darkness. Right. Um, oh. but yeah, so they, they kind of did a whole bunch. So, so yep. I mean, my guess is they were just willing to experiment and yeah. willing to play here. Yeah. Um, so with that, let's, before we dive into the overall plot of the story, it, it is a five issue story, but what I will say is there's not a, ton of plot it, it's a pretty quick run through of what actually happened <laughs> so i was really worried because i thought this was originally a one shot because i did not read this yep. when it came out and so i'm texting back and forth with will and uh i was i'll be honest i was not prepared the day of recording and so <laughs> the first I'm, time we tried to rec- for, yeah. the, the first time we tried to record was a week previous to today and uh, i find out it's a five issue limited series so i'm like holy crap will it's five issues <laughs> Yeah, of course. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to be reading from hell in my anxiety brain right now. Uh So it was definitely this is not what you would call a heavy read. No. Once I sat down with it, I think I knocked out five issues in an hour. Right. Hour and a half max. Easily. Yeah. And And, and I mean, it's most of most of the dialogue is just Ash talking to himself. And honestly, honest, you know, you can almost kind of just it doesn't actually drive the plot. This is not a Chris Claremont book, so you don't no. have to worry <laughs> about just word balloons that eat up most of Jim Lee's art. Right. You know, this is this is a a nice uncompressed story. Mm-hmm. So cool. So <laughs> yes. let's dive into. We did get a little bit of feedback. Curtis was kind enough to uh, uh, post some. Um, some uh, looking for feedback on the Facebook group or the Facebook page and on Twitter as well. Um, and Curtis himself provided a little bit of feedback. So let me go ahead and read, read what he gave us here. Um, Curtis said, um, it was really fun. And I, I mean, really fun. I'm a huge fan of both zombie movies and the army of darkness franchise. I really like the writers the writer nailed Ash's voice. 
um, just a little aside here. That's a that's a thing that gets called out in a, in a lot of the feedback. People are saying that this book captured Ash um, dialogue better yeah. than a lot of the other Ash related books. Um, Curtis goes on to say. It was a perfect blend of two different stories without one franchise overpowering the other. Um, Doom was also handled well. An expert blend of arrogance and brilliance. He's now, talking about Dr. Doom. That's there, correct. The yeah, Dr. Doom. Um, nice to see the shout out to the ultimate Fantastic Four with a Reed Richards cameo. I was reading that title back when Marvel Zombies uh, first started and I loved it. So those are that's, yeah, uh, no. Curtis's feedback. He really enjoyed it. Thanks for shooting us that note, Curtis. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, we have Ivan who said, uh, this is a rare case of a company crossover playing an important role in the continuity of both properties being featured. Right, I, I already kind of talked yep. about a little bit. He goes on to say, nowhere else does the Doctor Doom of this earth get revealed to be such a hero even after being bitten. The handbook yep. entry on Marvel Zombies acknowledged this story as being in continuity. And of course, Ash was dead in his own comics at the time. So this is sort of how he came back to life again sort of um okay it isn't perfect by a long shot but it is hella fun yep a couple more comments quickly um on facebook keith said well i like the character interactions between ash and marvel heroes his brand of irreverence is so entertaining i also like how the normal superhero versus uh, horror character dynamic was flipped around normally with Normally, like with Batman and Predator, the horror the horror character is the villain. Having the horror character as the hero was really fun. Uh, it makes me wish that Marvel would do more cross- crossovers post Disney. Yeah. Um, and then just a couple really short ones. We have Canine Canine on Twitter said very enjoyable from Doctor Who. I, I mean, maybe I'm not sure. Yes, doctor. <laughs> um, very enjoyable. I thought it was interesting to see Ash interact with many of the characters from the Marvel universe, undead or not overall good stuff. Uh, Twitter. Mike McHale says loved every page. It's the one of the few ED comics that Ash was written uh, ED. He means evil dead, right? ED comics that Ash was written in a way that you could hear Bruce's voice while you were reading it. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And that was part of my trigger warning. I think earlier in, yep. the, in the podcast where, um, you know, I really felt like they nailed from what I remember now, I haven't seen the movies in years, but I mean, you cannot forget a Bruce Campbell no. performance. No. So, uh, I really felt like that was a strength of this of this mini. And I mean, Bruce Campbell himself has had many crossovers in the Marvel movie universe <laughs> oh, with his uh, cameos in the Sam Raimi hey, Spider-Man th- This films. was <laughs> happening at the same time, practically. Yeah, I mean, yeah right around there. Not yeah. Like- okay, so... Let's go into the plot a little bit about what happens in this story. Okay. Sure. So this is a five issue series, but as I noted, the they 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 there's not a ton of plot per issue, right? No. You can kind of run through it. Um, issue one starts out where, uh, as we already talked about, Ash falls through, uh, excuse me, through, falls falls through a dimensional portal. He thought he was dead. He sees Daredevil fighting Thunderball. Yep. Of um, the Wrecking Crew. Yep. 
he visited uh, by a Necronomicon person, a, a Deadite, I guess. Yes. Um, a Deadite witch who says that the world will die and the army of the dead will rise. Um, Ash starts fighting with the Deadite, which causes Daredevil to see Ash, what what appears to be Ash beating up an old woman. Right. Um, which is a common kind of joke in, in, in the Army of Darkness universe. Exactly. Exactly. Um, he, uh, Daredevil, stops fighting with Thunderball to go attack Ash ash and save the woman uh or i reckon the thunderball takes uh takes changed uh he takes the chance while while daredevil's attacking him to run away essentially this is where ash decides he's got he's he knows the deadites are here right Right. he's he's fought this old woman he knows that they're on whatever world or city he's in right um so he decides he's well he doesn't run away i do want to mention that is that uh thunderball sees that daredevil's focused on the guy with the chainsaw for right. a hand and he mistook him for another member of the wrecking oh, crew okay, okay. a new guy I think, I think i missed that yeah and uh i'm just gonna turn my ipad around when uh-huh. i have it yeah. on there and uh old thunder thunderball who is the smart known as the smartest member of the wrecking crew <laughs> which uh, doesn't take he, much <laughs> he, well he was an actual physicist you oh, know? Okay, okay yeah he's the only guy with I think a high school education or above mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he has a PhD. Anyway, uh, he smacks daredevil with his, re- with his wrecking ball and, uh, knocks him out. That's right. And, uh, he kind of, uh, thanks him. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, Ash thinks he helped the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Only to discover that. No, he did. Right. Right. And that's part of the, the whole thing Google. is Ash doesn't know where he is and he right. doesn't know whether these guys are good or bad. He sees costume people fighting. Yeah. Right. Um, so at this point, Ash decides, well, we know the deadites are here and we know that there's costumed heroes. I need to go to the costumed heroes, like the main guys and warn them of, of what's going on. He just somehow figures out that it's the Avengers. Um, well, so, I think he got from the daily bugle. Or oh, that's something. true. That's you true. Know. Yeah. He had the, that's right. He had the newspaper that said it. Um, um, so he goes to Avengers Mansion where he proceeds to just blow his way into the mansion. Not like, the smartest move. No, <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, not often uh, do, you, do you blast right into the Avengers headquarters. And uh, they were having a general meeting at the time. Yep. So, I mean, th- and this is the classic Avengers. It's Tony Stark in the original armor, Vision, mm-hmm. Thor, Hawkeye when he still wore a costume yep. and not sunglasses. Ms. Marvel, yep. not Carol Danvers, yep. and uh, Scarlet Witch is there. And Luke Cage is an Avenger with his tiara yep. and everything in this world. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We kind of have this weird, it, it feels very like the 80s Avengers, yes. right? Especially yes. with Vision and Scarlet Witch stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he decides to go in. Um, he tries to warn he, you know, when he encounters Captain America and the Gru, he just tries to warn him about zombies coming. Yeah. Um, the Deadites. And, and they basically say, think that Ash is a crank. Right. Yep. They're like, what the, like, who is this guy? And right? I mean, if you've been to New York City, let's be honest. If you live in an apartment with, with a, uh, an intercom system, there, you, you've had your button pressed yeah. one, <laughs> once or twice by a guy going, got any change? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, um, Scarlet Witch uses her powers to basically warp Ash away. Back yep. away. Just get out of here, Crank. Yep. Um, at this point, this is where Ash sees a lightning storm over the city, which confirms his suspicions. Yep. These are the, the storms that, that tend to come with the deadites. And then, uh, and, and then he has a meeting with an angel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, there's an angel. Just right. sit there like, all these people are walking into the, what, this warp that he falls through. Yeah. 
And uh, the angel, I'm sorry, I have old man's eyes. Uh, Sir, no chainsaws (laughs) beyond this point. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, how's about my boomstick? Uh, Anyway, so he walks away from that and then starts screaming. And this is a quote from the book. Listen to me. The world is going to end. You are all in terrible danger. Mm -hmm. Okay, the end of the world is nigh, everybody. Um, That's trouble. So (laughs) the Avengers respond appropriately. Right, right. To a crazy person with a chainsaw hand. When they find out, Avengers get there in the middle of the city. They find Ash again. um, And they're like, oh, it's that dude, right? Oh, it's this guy again. Um, But at this point, Spider-Man shows up. And Spider-Man decides, like, let me take care of this guy, right? Yeah. Um, so Spider-Man wraps him up. Uh, actually, does, Captain America asks him to, yep. right? Yeah. So yep. Captain America says, hey, Spidey, can, can you deal with this guy? We and got he just cocoons ride. the hell right. out of him <laughs> at this point. Yep. Classic Spider-Man style. Yeah. So um, he cocoons him and flies off, um, takes him away, and that's... That's pretty much it. I mean, he flashes back to, you know, the angel walking people into the mm-hmm. light mm-hmm. and how that didn't end well. It ended in blood splatters and all that. So, right. um, and um, within seconds, the purple gas shows up uh, and uh, the sentry, as we right. know from the Marvel Zombies comic, right. is the first infected. Yep. And uh, if you know anything about the century, he has the power of a thousand suns. Mm-hmm. So just about nobody can stand up to this guy. So every he bites a bunch of them, and uh, the Marvel zombies are created. Right. Well, uh, basically, Sentry shows up and bites the Avengers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. So essentially, this is this is in in a weird way. This is other than not not counting the Sentry, we're talking about the creation of the Marvel zombies right. at this point. It's right. just you're inserting Ash as a viewpoint character to that story. Right, right. Um, so, of course, we start getting uh, Avengers turning into zombies. We get Captain America zombie. We get uh, Black Widow zombie. We get Hawkeye zombie, Luke Cage. Um, we, we get a really kind of gruesome shot of Hawkeye just munching some dude's skull. Oh, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and at I, this point, at this point, Spider-Man's like, holy crap. Like, I don't know what is going on. So he t- steals Ash and they just take off. Yeah. They're like, uh, what? <laughs> and Ash, again, is cocooned from the neck yep. down. He, yep. it, there's nothing he can do. Um, then there's this gratuitous shot of Spider-Man saving a woman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, an innocent, a random innocent, random innocent is about to be beset upon by Luke Cage and Colonel America because mm-hmm. this is earth 2149. Oh, right, right, right. And, uh, so it's kind of that classic Spider-Man saving somebody, saving this, uh, but the it's under a, the arm, fl- under know, the there, arm. Yep. He's, and then he's got, you know, ash over his shoulder. But again, 90s gratuitous boob shot. <laughs> I, I, I hate to put it out there, but this poor girl was wearing a shirt not her size. Nope. Um, you know, some pithy dialogue uh, while he's saving two people. And uh, next thing he knows, Curl America is on him. Yep. And yep. chomp. Yep. He gets chomped right on the shoulder, <laughs> oh, um, at, which causes a Spider-Man to drop Ash, Ash falling all the way down to down to into an alley. Right. And, and he takes the hard way down where he hits buildings, yep. another dumpster hits the street. And then there's Hawkeye, Ms. Marvel and Luke Cage sitting there and looking ready for blood. Yep. And that is basic. That's the end of issue one, um, where basically we've landed. Ash is is 
wrapped up and appears to about to get attacked by zombie Hawkeye, Luke Cage and Ms. Marvel. Exactly. Um, Moving on to now issue two pretty much picks up right where issue one left off. Um, But in issue two, we, it starts right off with, with, uh, with Spider-Man essentially attacking zombie Hawkeye. Uh, It appears that he's eating him and he kind of tells the other zombie Avengers like, Hey, hey! This is my kill. Get away! I'm I'm a zombie. Get away! This this one's mine. Go go go! Hunt someone else. Um, he talks them into leaving, um, or kind of distracts them at least. And what what we we don't realize at this point is that Spider Man is is pretending to be a zombie. He's been right. bitten, but he hasn't been turned yet. Right. So he's actually doing this to um, distract the zombie so Ash can get away. Exactly. Right. So Ash starts trying to scooch away um, when he gets caught by Luke Cage, but then Spidey, uh, Spidey and Ash kind of just get together and take off and get out of there. Right. Exactly. So, uh, of course, it's very common practice in in the Marvel Universe is to use Spidey as kind of a proxy for the stand-in for us, the reader. Exactly. Right? Um, and that's essentially what's going on here. Um, so, we, we Spidey has gotten Ash. He's, we, they, they've ran away. They get into a little bit of a, a, a fight with each other because Ash thinks that Spider-Man's a zombie, right? Right. He hasn't quite turned yet, but, you know... They, they kind of beat up a little bit until they realize that's not the case. Um, but then we have uh, on the top of their buildings here. Um, oh, and I just want to say there was this funny bit because, you know, like he had to threaten the the zombie Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man had to threaten the zombie Avengers by threatening to eat Hawkeye's brains, right? Right. So he had his whole mouth like distended and <laughs> like on the back half of his skull, uh, where his skull is. Right. And um, then Ash punches him and he takes his mask off to show that he hasn't turned yet, but his mouth is still hanging open. And then you find out that in the fight, his jaw was distended yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to snap it back right. into place. Yep. So it's a pretty awful thing. Like he willingly put his mouth on a zombie head. Yep. 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 No, Disgusting. The, the thing Spider-Man will do, you yes. know, to save people. He will do anything. Um. So, uh, at this point though, they're on a rooftop, um, and this is where they get visited by who else? Uh, I'm, I'm, I've lost my place. Uh the, uh, the Punisher. Right, right. Yes. So, so Spider-Man swings off because he knows he's going to turn any minute now. Yep. And then of course, Frank Castle's there because you're in the Marvel universe and you know, you meet the Avengers first, then you meet Spider-Man, then you meet the Punisher. Right. Right. Yeah. And so the Punisher is, uh, basically skeptical about who this guy is, but he makes Ash carry like his bag of yeah, guns, basically. Yeah, here, help me carry my weapons. And he's like, yeah, okay, I, I get there's something going on with zombies, whatever, but I got, I'm here on different business. Yeah. Right? So he takes Ash <laughs> with him. so great. It, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> so, so Punisher, this is actually probably my favorite point in the whole story. I think you're right. So, well, Punisher, I got a second one, but I'll okay. tell you when we get to it. All right. So Punisher decides, I'm going to let, I, I, I got some business to attend to first. So he takes all his weapons. He takes Ash downstairs. He busts into to basically uh, a crime meeting. Yeah. Right? You got, you got like, the, you've got the kingpin, you got hammerhead, you right. got just an army of mooks there. Right, right. You got kingpin and, and, and other, you know, mafia goons. Right? right. And the kingpin is being blustery, like, 
now don't you see that there's a greater right. menace here, Frank? Right, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, and this is yeah, that's exactly what makes us great. Is Kingpin's like, whoa, 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 here. Yeah. We're not we're not here to fight right now. Can't you look outside? These zombies are attacking everything. Which we you, you got to give the Kingpin no. credit for being an actual human right. being at right. this point. Right. And that's what's interesting is is, is in, that it, Frank Castle is not a exactly, human being. Exactly, exactly. Is that is that Punisher is less is less of a person, right, uh, than than Kingpin. This is around the time I think of the Garth Ennis Punisher. It might be, yeah, where he was right? just, yeah, <laughs> which is he's just com- the Marvel Max Punisher, which was just a completely soulless killing machine, right? So uh, you can imagine how that turns out, right? So Punisher is basically like, yeah, I don't care about you. You guys are, as far as I'm concerned, you're all less than human, yeah. And so he just blasts, yeah, the entire room with his goons. M16. He just. Right. Them. And then, of course, there's this gross shot, you know, and Ash is looking at him like WTF. Yeah. And there's this picture of a lifeless kingpin like uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> foreground. And then uh, Punisher takes his bag of guns and then takes right. off. Basically like, okay, now we can go about other business, right? Right. Um, and, and this is where they see out the window and there's another visual gag where you oh see zombie, zombie blob. I don't think, is he actually, no, he's no, no, not no, a he's zombie, not zombie yet. yet. He's being chased by the he's zombies. He's being chased yeah. and it's like the, bo- the blob, I'm looking at the comic right now. The blob is trying to outrun Black Cat, Iron Fist, uh, looks like some guardsmen. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a little hard to tell. They're kind of small, but yeah. God only knows who some of these, That I mean... Uh, I'm just going to put a, a quick complaint in about the art. The art itself is great, mm-hmm. but they didn't heavily ink this book. And this is a time right. when coloring was used for definition. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's hard to make out certain characters yep, yep. in the background. But uh, it's this terrible gag of the fat kid being chased down by all the bullies in right. school. And right. all the bullies are zombies. Yep. And this is the point where Punisher goes, oh, yeah, maybe this zombie problem is actually a real problem we have to worry about, right? All right, so... And then he comes on to, apparently, like... Uh, they uh, Ash meets Thunderball again. Mm-hmm. Thunderball is being surrounded by members of the Wrecking Crew and other supervillains, and he's like sweating and crying. And uh, Punisher doesn't want to help him out because, well, you know he's a bad guy. But you know Ash is like, no, we got to get rid of these deadites. So Frank goes around, and uh, he's got two M16s, starts blasting, and gets overwhelmed. Right, because that never ends well for anybody in a zombie book. So uh, after some blasting and they, they, they are trying to get out of this, um, Ash runs into what is a, what is Dazzler. We have Dazzler getting attacked by a zombie winter soldier, right? Wasn't that who it was? It was, it was a zombie winter soldier. And I yep. think this was a play on those Fo- Fabio romance covers of <laughs> honest to God. She's being literally ravished, mm-hmm, rav- mm-hmm. ravished, ravaged, ravaged, uh, yeah. by the winter soldier who's all zombied out. And uh, uh, Ash makes with the boomstick, and right. it's just cheesecake from there. Right, <laughs> right. Just, where no, this is where we get into Ash some, takes a is, look at this woman being beset upon by a zombie super sol- zombie su- Soviet super soldier, and thinks, "Hello." Right, right. Yeah, no. This is this is where that uh, that Ash kind of uh, um, and, and treatment towards women right. comes out a little bit. Right. When, when of course he saves Dazzler, and immediately. 
goes into a page of him basically just checking her out and oh, making yeah. comments on it. And this is full da- full disco dazzler. Right. This is not X-Men and the Outback Dazzler. This right, is right. face paint and the bot the jumpsuit, yep. sleeveless jumpsuit. Yeah, the yeah, the white uh kind of kind of leotard thing. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> great yeah so i wish she had her roller skates in this right (laughs) (laughs) it's almost almost to that point yeah um so he he immediately um he 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 decides to tell her about the necronomicon and the deadites um and so when he tells her about the book of the dead she goes well there's only one place in new york where that would know about a magical mystical book we got, the, yeah. we got to go to the East Village and right. see Dr. Stephen Strange. Yep. The Sanctum Sanctorum is where that book would be or where they would know about it. Great idea. Yep. So this is where they decide to, uh, she talks them into going there. They start heading that direction. And just to end the issue, just as they arrive at the Sanctum, you get a shot of Ash getting attacked from behind by what appears to be a zombie or what you think is a zombie. And it turns out that it's a zombie Howard the duck. Yep. And, uh, and it appears that zombie Howard the duck has eaten Ash's brains and says, yum. Yep. He's like chicken. Yep. And that's, that's where issue two ends. Oh my God. I mean, just perfect. And also issue two mm-hmm. has Arthur Satam's, um, it's his cover is a cover or an homage to Jim Lee's famous X-Men cover mm-hmm. with Captain America, Black Widow and Wolverine on right, it, right. which is, I think as a Jim Lee fanboy was one of my favorite X-Men covers of all oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And so when I saw that, I was like, yes, win. <laughs> and, uh, this one then, um, you know, starts with a Sidem pair or Satan parody cover of a famous Spider-Man book and uh, Spidey's not looking too hot. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Just, you yep. know, it's bad. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rush into to issue three. I'm gonna go into a plot synopsis a little faster this time. Uh, stop me if there's anything you wanna you wanna run through. Um, pretty much at that point, he's you know we find out that so essentially he gets through. We we see things from from a parallel point of view, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm at the page right now where you see zombie Modok being beset upon by zombie um, Hawkeye and zombie mm-hmm. She Hulk, mm-hmm. yeah, and then zombie Multiple Man right. from X Factor shows yep. up, which is terrible. Right? No, that's like the worst thing. It's you- bad enough that you you know the infected are just blowing up the world with this global pandemic, but then a guy who can then blow himself up into to hundreds, if not thousands of copies of himself. Really bad. Right. So, so the way issue two starts, uh, I skipped it. I skipped ahead. So the way issue two starts. So if you recall at the end of, or excuse me, issue three, the end of issue two, we thought Ash got eaten by Howard the duck. What it turns out happened. That's right. What it turns out happened is that Ash was, um, the Ash of earth 2149, the, the Ash of That's this right. world. I missed that. Decided that to go fight zombies. Right. Um, when he saw the zombies happening. So he was out there fighting and he happened to run into dazzler and uh scarlet witch i think or yeah 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 um and um essentially he came up though on ash prime and dazzler right after, right and um that's the that's the ash that got eaten by by exactly Howard right yeah and so, you notice that he doesn't have like the the harness on his chest he doesn't have the, the chainsaw hand the chainsaw right. hand he's just a normal dude they kind of flash back a little bit as to you know what he did he was a retail clerk for s smart and shop smart shop smart shop 
Smart. That's right. And uh, kind of, so it gives you a little insight as to who this Ash mm-hmm. guy was before he became the traveler between worlds, the world's traveler, yep. whatever they said in the first issue. So anyway. Anyway, so yeah. so the dead Ash was actually Ash of this world, not Ash from the portal that, right. that we've, we've been following all this time. Nice little trick there. Yep. So um, in this point, um, when they they see that Howard the Duck attacked Ash of this world. Um, that's when Ash Prime decides to attack zombie Howard in return. And that is when uh, uh, the Scarlet Witch shows up um, to help uh, kill the Howard the yep. Duck zombie. You got me right. Um, she informs us that all of the other Avengers have turned, um, that she's the only one of the Avengers who got away. Um, and this is the moment that then zombie Thor shows up. Not a good sign. No, no. I Not mean, a, of all the zombies, Thor is the one that you probably don't want to run into. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Not a good situation. So they, they, they realize though that they still need to find Dr. Strange. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, this is where Scarlet Witch, uh, where Wanda informs them that all the surviving heroes, as far as she knows, have escaped on the helicarrier, right? Yes. So she says, I'll bet you Dr. Strange is there. Um, but let's go check out the Sanctorum first. Um, they, in the, in the Sanctum, they find Dr. Druid. Uh, they do not find Dr. Strange. Right. And Dr. Druid, if you're not familiar, uh, you can just look him up on one of the Marvel Wikia pages. Uh, he's a loser in the vein of Dr. Strange. <laughs> he's like Dr. Strange's um, not-so-cool uh, older cousin. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if he was a doctor, like if Dr. Strange is a neurosurgeon, this guy was a podiatrist. Right, right. I mean, he's just terrible. Right, right. He, but he's what, kind of one of the lackeys. What What's kind of interesting is, is that because they, they do this interesting twist with Dr. Druid and the fact that uh, he's able to kind of retain his, at least his human intellect for mm-hmm. a little while mm-hmm. and uh, kind of lead them to Dr. Strange's library. Well, I see it like, I see it like how Spider-Man, like he yeah. got bit but he didn't turn right away yeah. right maybe well he turned because he was feasting on Wong oh at that's the time. true okay yeah you're right no you're right. He, he was having himself uh, uh some lunch at the moment uh but he was able to take a break and go oh the necronomicon yeah that's probably important that we look for that yeah so i'll help you do that right so, <laughs> so he was being a nice zombie so he he takes him to the library um and they talk to this is where they they find another book um, and Ash threatens it, another talking book like the Necronomicon. Yep. Uh, Ash threatens this book and tells you basically like, hey, you better tell me where the Necronomicon is yep. um, or I'm going to throw you in the fire, right? Yeah. Um, the book... Oh, said, and he also blasts zombie right. Druid's brain out once he leads him to <laughs> right, the right. Yeah, get so. what they want and then blast zombie Dr. Druid. Yeah. Um, so at this point, uh, the the... The, the, the book in the library tells them that the Necronomicon is hidden away in Latveria. Yeah. Right. And, and just by the way, again, if you're not familiar with books in the Evil Dead, if, mm-hmm. it's, if it's a magical tome of some, some kind, it's got a face. Right. And it talks. Right. And it's gross. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this thing had a face like a piranha fish. It's just terrible yep and, and in fact it, it, if you've seen army of darkness if you've seen the necronomic it's in that style it's right. in that vein of a face right yeah um exactly and i like how uh the scarlet witch 
is also handling a different tome, a red cover tome right. with like a pair of like extension tongs. Oh like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not even going to touch this. Right, one. right. They're, they're like uh, like the kind that like a uh, someone who's like forging a knife would use, right? Yes. Like, in <laughs> oh no, it's like the tongue fireplace tongs because right. yeah, they yeah. throw they throw the the guy in the fire and then he comes out. That's right. right. Okay, got it. Um, so they tell him that the Necronomicon is hidden away in Latveria. Um, this is when they decide, well, we got to get there. But at this point, they get attacked by zombie next wave. <laughs> no, no, it's oh, zombie power pack. It was zombie power pack. Excuse yeah. me. Forget excuse me. he said zombie next wave. That's later. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Okay, he gets zombie zombie power pack. Excuse me. Sam, this was thing. just. I mean, same thing. It was next wave who helped them escape from exactly the, from the zombie power yes. pack. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm. So, I, I got to be honest though. Next wave making an appearance in this very appropriate for <laughs> Earth twenty one forty nine. The agents of hate. Right. Um, but I didn't like. You know. I. I. I it just, I'll be honest, just having ch- children, zombies, mm-hmm. you know, like they didn't really focus too much. Like they acknowledged it in The Walking Dead, but they didn't play mm-hmm. around with it too much. Seeing four children, uh, right. even if one flies with rainbows flying behind her, eh, I didn't like that part. <laughs> I didn't care for it. Um, yeah, so this is when Next Wave show up and uh, help them escape. They get on one of the, the jets and head off towards... The Quinjets. The Quinjets, right. Yes. Um, they think that... And at this point, they think that they, they think that the zombie stuff is isolated to New York. Right. But then they find out that, no, it's actually in Latveria, and there's zombies attacking Dr. Doom's castle already by the time they get there. Exactly. Now, this is where... This is where we get to the part where we find out how the zombie virus spread so fast. Right. It was from Quicksilver running around everywhere. Um, the, they they still are able to land at... this is no, We're on to issue four now. Excuse me. Yep. Um, this is where they land at Doom's Palace. Um, and they tell Doom that they need the Necronomicon. They basically find him. They tell him, hey, we need the Necro. Uh, Doom Doom immediately states that he has nothing to do with this. And uh, the Necronomicon is not what they need um, in order to resolve this problem. They need science. And what I love, this is getting to sort of like my 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 favorite part of the comic mm-hmm. is that doom is full on fantastic for early lee kirby doom right, right you know john layman's use of language in this is fantastic well and that's you like know. curtis called out in in his feedback right where right. he was talking where the the feedback that we had gotten was that the way they'd done doom um was very uh, reminiscent, right? Well, it was old, very reminiscent. And very, very arrogant. Very there's just this great splash page of Doom grabbing Ash by the throat, lifting him up with one hand, saying, Miss Maximoff, kindly inform your associate that I am the absolute monarch and lord of Latveria, and if he addresses me again as Yo 3PO, <laughs> hey, Tin Man, or Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, I will remove his head from his body <laughs> I, at that point i'm like oh this is the doom i lust right. for right fantastic um yeah so basically doom tries to i love how that. you recover from that too <laughs> you know he's you know here i am just playing out my voice actor dreams and you're like okay anyway yeah yeah no it's all good <laughs> it's all good i like it I, i'm into it i'm into it he digs it guys he digs it <laughs> mikey likes it yeah okay. anyway um so um Back on plot, the um, 
uh, essentially Doom says, no, science is what we need to solve this problem, that we don't need any mystical mumbo jumbo, right? right? And basically says Ash is this annoying um, uh, being that doesn't know what he's talking about and says, here, we're just going to throw him in the vault and get right. rid of this guy. Right. Um, but Ash is insistent that yep. that magic is at, at, at play here. And still wants to see the Necronomicon anyway. Right. Um, so this is where we also, though, find out when he throws ne- uh, Ash into the vault that Doom has also saved a lot of innocents of Latveria yep. and put them into this vault as well to save them from the zombies. Exactly. Um, it, after a little bit of um, back and forth, uh, we Wanda shows up and releases Ash from the vault. She she saves him. Um, they they kill a number of Doombots. Um, the, in which Ash then takes the Doombot clothes and dresses up as yeah. Doom in order to sneak into Doom's library. Love that part. Yep, it's a good idea. I like it. Um, and it seems like a thing Ash would do, too, you know. Um, at this point, they go into the library and they decide we're got to find the Necronomicon. Uh-huh. Um, so as they, 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 they end up finding it, right? Ash finds the book um, and it tells them, the book tells them that while these creatures are zombies, they're not undead in the Necronomicon sense. Yeah, right? they're they're science zombies, basically. Right, and he basically says, "No, Doom was right. These are these are zombies, but they're not mine." Right, is essentially yeah. what the Necronomicon says. Right, um, that they're looking in the wrong place. He has nothing to do with it. So it's at this point that uh, they leave the library and they stumble into uh, a locked up enchantress. Yes. Right. Um, they, they find Wanda and Dazzler. So then Wanda and Dazzler, um, come in and find that he's let the enchantress loose. Exactly. Because you know, she's hot. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, instead of thinking through like, why would Dr. Doom put her in a magic cage? Well, she's hot. So she needs to come free because she'll hang with the ash man. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he lets her go only to quickly discover that she is already a zombie. Yep. So a little glamour she affected. Yep. And that's, that's basically the end of issue four. Right. And then we're on to the finale of issue five. Oh, what a great cover. And again, you know, basically Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I can't remember which Wolverine, but it's this one is, of the, this is, is the Frank Miller. The number Frank one. Miller the, the, number the, one. The, the, yeah. The Wolverine number one miniseries. And it's got yeah. Ash over his shoulder. Like, huh? Yeah. And Wolverine <laughs> spitting out an eyeball. Right. Right. I like the eyeball. It's Just nice touch. terrible. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So we got zombie, Amora the enchantress attacking them. And, uh, yeah. Dazzler saves her. Saves mm-hmm. him. Yep, but she does get bitten. Yes. So, so Dazzler gets bitten. Um, it's really great because she's pointing at the Enchantress also, mm-hmm. and the Enchantress just kind of goes, nibble. Right, right. She did, <laughs> just straight bites her finger off. Yeah. yeah it's, it's actually just... kind of funny. And then there's a shot of Dazzler like looking at her stump <laughs> finger with blood shooting yeah, out. Yeah, going, oh, no. <laughs> um <laughs> So it's at this point that then Doom comes in and he blasts all the zombies away, yep. including Dazzler, who'd been bitten. Right. right? Um, so he just blasts them and they're like, but wait, you shot Dazzler. She wasn't a zombie. And he's like, but she might, she was going to be. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Right. Right. Um, so there's one of those, you know, common in all zombie movies is the hasn't turned yet, but still but needs gonna, to die. Yeah. Right. Kind of moral dilemma. Well, Doom doesn't have that dilemma. Right. He just blasts everyone. Exactly. Um, this is when the group of superheroes, uh, um, and, um, and, and the Marvel zombies, they all attack the castle at once. Exactly. Um, 
and we're talking everybody at this point. Even Black Bolt of the Inhumans is mm-hmm, in the, is mm-hmm. in the foreground of yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, we see pictures of we got Zombie Fantastic, we have Zombie Colossus, we got Zombie Nightcrawler, we got all these different X Men, we got Zombie Hulk, right? Um, Falcon, we, Yellow Jacket, yep. Wonder Man, Wonder Man, yeah, Doctor Strange is yep. a zombie at yep. this point. Punisher's a zombie by yep. now too, and there's a there's a scene of Punisher just eating Scarlet Witch. Yeah, like it, he he comes up behind her and just tears into her. And what's great is the next page and that's the title page Mm -hmm. uh, or the credits page I should say the next page um, it's a shame that this is an inset panel but it is a direct homage to the cover of the original Secret Wars comic number one right yeah and you know you got Cyclops and Wolverine Colossus and Captain or should say Colonel America Hawkeye Mm -hmm. Hulk Mm -hmm. Hulk I'm surprised they didn't use the Hulk at all this set right. in this mini series until this shot, you know. Yeah. No, there's a lot of potential for a zombie Hulk yes. that was not explored here. Yep. Um but yeah, so we go on and um so there's a big battle. Um and at this point Zombie as I mentioned Zombie Punisher kills Wanda and Zombie Reed Richard wraps himself around yep. Doctor Doom. Yep. Um at this point Ash decides he 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 runs back to the library gets the Necronomicon and talks the Necronomicon into helping them. This is the most dialogue that you will encounter in the entire miniseries. Yep. So if you, you know, again, if you don't even want to read it, you can just pretty much know that he threatens the Necronomicon into helping him. At this point, what did what did the Necronomicon show him? I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, there's a zombie Moon Knight. Yeah, zombie <laughs> Moon Knight. Uh, looks like. Oh yeah, that it was a prophecy, right? Yes. Um, that it was going to show a deadite legion, an army of darkness. Yep. Um, you know all of that stuff. Uh, then there was a double page splash of the X Men fighting. Um, but essentially they run off and they head back towards doom. And this is the point where, um, basically the Necronomicon had, had told him, had had talked Ash into thinking that he needed to destroy the transporter that doom was building. Right. But it turns out that doom is using the transporter to actually save the non zombified people by sending them to randomized other parallel earths yeah so it's like every it's like every five seconds it switches to a different parallel universe right and um so he's sending all the people out and and he's doing that so that in case the zombies get in they're not all collected like they all they they get to a different area he basically threatens the necronomicon if i remember right because i passed by it saying hey you're crafted from human skin and written in the blood of humans, right? Mm -hmm. What makes you think that these zombies won't eat you? And he's like, oh, crap, I better help you. So Um, interesting twist there. So um, he runs back to the interdimensional portal room, finds Doom with the survivors, as we already talked about. Yep. Um, This is a point where Ash, (laughs) this is funny, Ash throws the Necronomicon to the zombies anyway and tells the Necronomicon, F you, like, thanks for the help. See you later. And he's like, ah! And so he jumps into the portal. Um, Doom then destroys the portal because the zombies are getting into the room now. Yep. Um, Doom destroys the portal so that no one can get in. Um, zombie Hulk, though, this is this is a this good is gag. the greatest okay. part. Is that <laughs> okay? So Zombie Wolverine and Zombie Hulk. Zombie Wolverine is like why do we care if you're written in human skin? We have no interest in you. And it's like, oh, he lied to me. He goes, yeah, but we eat a lot. Right. And Hulk needs toilet paper. Yep. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the part where I went, oh my God, that was, and again, this is like around the time of, uh, of, uh, Mark Miller's ultimates uh-huh. where, you know, we had, uh, you know, Hulk with the sailor tattoo that said Hulk smashed on it <laughs> and, uh, you know how he was, uh, rather, uh, it heightened the Hulk heightened all of his human wants. Yep. As it were, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. So uh, when you think of the of what a Hulk sized diet could do to a human being, yep, only the Necronomicon can hold up to that kind of. <clears throat> can can it? We don't know. I yeah. mean, I don't even know if it could. But uh... <laughs> and all you see is this little corner window at the bottom where the Necronomicon's screaming, "No!" Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so we have to assume the Necronomicon is, at least in this universe, was destroyed yeah. uh, uh, and used as, as zombie Hulk toilet paper. Um, and so then we get to kind of the, the coda of the story, which is Ash uh, starts peeking through the portal to see the different worlds that it's flipping through. Yep. And he sees, like, you know, a number of different worlds. There's, like, one with dinosaurs. No. There's, like, an alien world. No. An, a um, post, another post-apocalyptic right. world. Yep. And then and then he pops out in one that just kind of looks like a normal New York yep. or a normal world, only to then find what appears to be some kind of, instead of the Marvel superhero zombies, we They're have Marvel werewolves, right? We got Marvel, Marvel where we got a Hulk. We got a, uh, power Gi- man, giant man, right? Yeah. A giant man. A, I think a Wolverine and a yep. Spider-Man who and is referred to as werewolverine werewolverine. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, they appear to be munching on a, on, on the skull of Galactus. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good and, job guys. Yep. And that's that's basically the end of the story. Basically, a very cartoony Ash running away from the Marvel werewolves. Yep. And uh, you know, I got to be honest. You know, not what I would call a very solid ending. No, to no. this book. I mean, but, but I think it was a fitting ending. It for was about, fitting for about the level of, of right. story we y- got. You know, it, it not everything has to be high art. And I'll tell you what. You know. John Lehman knew what this book was when he started it. Yep. And he finished it in in the exact same fashion. He didn't try to make any big statements. Uh, it was a lot of cool um, uh, 90s art is how I'm going to put it. Okay. That'll work. Um, you know, again, <laughs> I, I, and I, I said it earlier in the show, I'm not a big fan of, you, you know, I like color's ability to add definition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to imagery. But it looked like I, I don't know uh, if you know who exactly what who was the anchor on this book again? It was it was um, the same guy who did the pencils. Okay. Um, so which is telling me that I think he just did the pencils. Uh, you know, <laughs> or he just or he just outlined his work because well it, I it reminds it, yeah, it, it kinda has that not I mean not as good, but kind of that idea of like when you look at like newer like Tom Scioli books where yeah. he doesn't ink them, he kind of yeah. does pencils and colors over the pencils for the most part. But you got to be really good with the color right. palette if you're going to do it that way. And right. I just and and look, I'm not I'm not knocking the talent. I'm just knocking the end result. And the end result is is that it just didn't work for me the way that. I would want art to, in any comic book to work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's my only complaint about this book. Again, as I stated multiple times through this episode, I'm not a horror guy. But you know what? 
I had a fun time reading this yeah. book. Yeah. I, I've read a lot of comics, especially comics being put out today where I sit there going, man, I could use a little bit more fun after so, reading this. Yeah, it was fun. It was comic booky. Yeah. It was fun. It, it had the fun of Ash. It felt like Ash. Right. If you're a fan of Ash and, and the Evil Dead characters, it, it, it fit. It if fit. you're a fan of the Marvel zombies and don't know Ash, you're yep. going to like this book quite um, a bit. I would say, I would, the way I kind of think about it, about some of these stories is like, you know, I wouldn't buy this trade. But no, nope. I would not read my it. speed. No, but I would read it if I had it like on an unlimited subscription yeah. or, or I might pick up the issues in a dollar bin. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that's a, you know, but you're not going to, there, there's no depth to the story. Right. There's nothing here that really matters unless you're a hardcore fan of either army of darkness or Marvel zombies as a brand, as yeah. a brand, as a story. And you're right. You care about their continuity. Yeah. That's really that's really you. You need I, this. For I that, just. But yeah, you know, and uh, like I said, there's worse ways to kill an hour and a half. Yeah, and uh, God knows I've done it. You know, by watching daytime. 24 hour news channel feeds. Um, so I don't feel like I've really robbed myself. I feel like I no. had a fun time with it. Um, you know, and I think that I think my personal opinion is I think the big two, if they can't cross over with themselves, if they're presented with fun opportunities, sort of like Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. over at the Distinguished Competition. Right. Um, I think that book was fantastic for what it was. Yes. Yeah. You know, where they really leaned into the TMNT mythology, but at the same point, you know, really brought the, the, the character, the bad into it. And that's kind of how I felt about this in, in maybe a less gripping way. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, no, I think that's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good analogy in yeah. that sense. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's like that, but just, not as it doesn't feel as important. It's played right. for yucks. Yeah, it's it's played for you know the 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 ash cheesecake humor. You know, it, it's played for homage to a lot of events in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. as mentioned with the Secret Wars or the various covers that they used. Um, again, just a fun book. You're not you you're not going to hate yourself for reading it. No, no, no. But like I said, I wouldn't buy like the. 15 or $20 trade. You can no. probably, you can probably skip it at that point. I'm thinking you're good. Yeah. I'm thinking you're good. Unless you're an army of darkness completist, <laughs> which there is, there a lo- there's plenty of army of darkness yeah. material out there from dynamite. Yep. Um, God knows they, they like to pump out their licensed products. Yep. Um, oh, they, that's what they're good at. Yes. And, uh, I don't blame them for it, but yeah, I, I think I've said all I can okay. say about this book. I, you know, check it out. It's if if you have the opportunity, you're not going to hate yourself. All right. So, with that said, um, let's talk a little bit about what we'll be doing for next month month episode. Yeah. Um, so this one's a little bit different. Um, I'm gonna. I'm. That's gonna be putting it mildly because, like, I'm gonna be. <laughs> and, and I told Will this is that I am so far outside of my wheelhouse with this, but. I'll let you introduce it, sure. then I'll give a couple words on it. And, sure. So yeah. um, in the next in the next issue, it's not a crossover per se. It's a little bit different. Where um, it's one writer, uh, Steve Gerber, and he wrote a couple different 
issues um, with with characters that he created. Yep. Um, one for Marvel and one for Image. Yep. And he ends up having them meet at a certain point in the story and um, commits a, uh, something that some people might say is the crime of the century. Yeah, I think that's a fair <laughs> way of putting it. And, you know... Um, <laughs> I got to be honest, uh, Steve Gerber, he's an interesting character in mm-hmm. comics. Uh, he was a guy that um, I think was at the tail end of that time in comics where the company felt like they owned everything. Yep, yep. You know, and and Gerber, who I think recently passed away, um, Will's going to fact check me on that one. He, he passed away in... Um it was it was uh, 2008 it was 10 years ago or 11 years that, ago now. wasn't yeah. that long yeah i was like, like i know he passed away but i i'm like the anti doctor manhattan where i have only knowledge of space <laughs> around me but not of time uh, i know an event happened i have yes. no clue when for me space is a flat circle yeah. um but <laughs> but yeah well i uh, mean, but anyway well, steve gerber he was he was one of those guys like he was in the indie comic scene in the 60s mm-hmm. and then he went to work at, at the big comic companies like they pretty much all did um, but he never I, I want to say that he he kept that he, indie spirit you know and we'll talk know? about this in yeah. the next episode but he wasn't but, the guy to just sit back and be uh, and just take it he wasn't a ham and egger that's going to sit there that, and just you yep. know he wasn't going to sit yep. there. He wasn't a freelancer. He was a creator. Yep. And uh, yeah. So so we'll we'll break down. This is uh this is essentially um going to be his his duck crossover, and uh, we'll get into it in the next episode. But make sure to stay tuned for that. If you like ducks, you'll like it. <laughs> if you like dragons, yep. If you like dragons, you like it. And if you like guys dressed as spiders. I think you'll like it as yeah, well. Yeah, so we'll break that down next episode. So with all that said, uh, hey, Jim, why don't you uh, tell the kind young folks where they can find you? Hey, kids, I'm on the internets, and I'm <laughs> old. Uh, you can find me tweeting about all things geek, and uh, I, as Will knows from looking at my feed, I, I do not shy away from politics, so just be forewarned that uh, I'm, I'm rather active in this upcoming election year. I think mm-hmm. I think we're in the middle of the election pregame. Yep, yep. If, if it's the Super Bowl right now, this is like the six-hour pregame show beforehand. Um, but anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Jimmers with three M's. Uh, Instagram, uh, I don't really post a whole lot to Instagram, but I do take messages and people hitting me up on there. It's at Jimmers with five M's, and I'm on the Facebooks. Uh, you just search Jim Mason. I'm in Northern California. Yep, and I am... And Will Hoffnick, as we said earlier, um, you can find me on. I, I'm most active uh, with with comics talk on Twitter. Um, you can find me at Golden Boy Photo One, um, and that's where I do most of my kind of comics talk. You can search for Facebook for 100% Comics and find me there. I just don't do as much chatting there, but I do post things from time to time. So um, that's probably the easiest way to kind of follow us. I do also recommend, please, if if you have any suggestions, if you have feedback, if you have ideas for books that you want to see or, or listen to us kind of break down in the in, in the oeuvre of our of uh, our uh, nice yeah. word there <laughs> of our what is um, that Portuguese yeah. or no it no. don't work oh, no it may okay. have sounded that way with oh. my terrible pronunciation oh, yeah. but no um, <laughs> yeah go on to Twitter and use the hashtag epic crossover and if you do that um, you know we have for, searched it for that and you can give us feedback or give us ideas and let us know uh, we 
what you like or don't like. I'll tell you, I would love to do an episode based off a fan recommendation. So people on the Facebook group, people on the Twits, people on the Instas, wherever you can contact us, hit us up. And uh, as long as it's Marvel related, um, because this is on the Epic Marvel podcast feed. I almost said crossover feed, the Epic Marvel <laughs> podcast feed. Uh, as long as Marvel is involved, we're going to talk about it yep. on this show. And with, with that said, the only one that, that, that I won't take a suggestion for yet are the Amalgam books. Okay. Uh, so that's an era that we'll get into at a, a different time. Let's just say it's on the list. It's on the list. It's on the list. But um, apart from that, go ahead and let us know what you think. Um, we have, you know, the next couple episodes kind of planned out. But after that, you know, it's, it's wide open. So let us know. All right. Well, Will, I think I am uh, going to wash my mouth out with soap after reading all this zombie <laughs> comics right now. <laughs> Got this weird taste building up. So uh, until next time. Yep. All right. Kids, read more comics. Comics.